Well, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to all of you. Thank you for joining the Holistic Leadership Podcast. Uh, my name is Dr. Travis Hearn, and uh, with me is my co-host, Jeffrey Roach. And we have an amazing episode um, about leadership today. And we have some amazing leaders to come in and talk about their leadership journey, what they do, how they coach people to be better leaders themselves. Um, so first we have Courtney Lynch. Uh, she, Courtney is a strategy advisor and leadership consultant who brings a depth of leadership experience as Marine Corps officer, hoorah, Hoorah. Executive, Semper Fi, <laughs> all the things, an executive attorney and entrepreneur to each client she serves. Um, she supports clients in developing impl and implementing innovative strategies to achieve market success, de designs and delivers leadership development and communication solutions that contribute to measurable results and coaches influential leaders at all levels. And being a Marine, you know she does it well. And also, also trust with us. High. Trust is high. Yes, absolutely. No, I'm not. I'm not setting the bar high enough. I don't think. Uh, and also, we have Kristen Harrington. Um, Kristen is a strategy advisor and leadership consultant who supports individuals and teams in navigating through uncertainty, pursuing excellence, and realizing a shared vision to lasting results. Uh, she's turned around organizations that were on the brink of closure. She's created new business ventures with high profit margins and scaled existing programs and services to fuel greater impact and reach. Uh, Kristen also has extensive uh, workforce development experience with all ranges of the employment and employee life cycle from recruitment to retirement. And she holds her MBA from the University of Michigan for all of our Michigan fans out there uh, <laughs> and an MS in education um, from Dominican University. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is going to be super cool. Like I, I like I dig leadership. I nerd out on leadership and I love hearing how other people are doing it um, and, and what they're doing in the space. So first, um, if you could just both tell us a little bit about your roles at LeadStar and, uh, and why you've chosen the path of this leadership development, leadership coaching, that would be great. Perfect. Kristen, I'll let you take the first shot at that. Oh, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for having both of us. Really excited to nerd out with you because we are also leadership geeks. And at Leadstar, we support leaders. Um, so in my past life, I was a leader. I uh, led lots of teams um, and was proud to have done so and then was able um, to really transition into Leadstar, which was my lifelong dream. I can go into it a bit more in depth as we uh, chat further um, to start supporting other leaders and their success. And so um, being now behind the scenes, being that coach and advisor, Trusted Confidant is really where I spend my time. It's such a pleasure. Awesome. Now, great setup, Kristen. So I'm passionate about supporting the success of others, and that's why I do the work I do. And it's interesting when you're in the leadership development space, you spend a lot of time trying to anticipate, you know, what, what is the downside to growing as a leader? What is the downside to learning leadership? And I spent nearly 20 years doing this work and I haven't found the downside. Uh, better leaders allow us to build a better world. And yes, I'm idealistic. And yes, I've seen that play out so many times. So I'm passionate about supporting the success of others and just writing and being a thought leader and certainly being an advisor on leadership. You know, Courtney, it's, it's really fascinating when you talk about that, because uh, on our last show, we actually had a kind of similar uh, discussion with, with uh, Dr. Andre Martin and in that conversation, one of the things that we were talking about was uh, we saw some recent news that with the economy, they're expecting organizations to actually uh, do less with regard to professional development uh, over the next quarter. Mm 
Um, which, you know, to me was like, oh, here we go again. Um, you know, why would you do that? You know, again, don't care about people. Uh, you know, I mean, at the at the core of every leader and, and those making financial decisions, we have to remember there's people behind those decisions. I'm curious in the work that you both do, how do you get leaders and especially the financial leaders to understand why they should invest in not only the critical work that you do, but but that life changing elements of what you were just referring to? Sure. It's, it, I love the question, right? Because we at Leadstar, we're a boutique leadership development consultancy, right? And after two decades in the space, we just have a wonderful, wonderful portfolio of clients, right? I like to say we're kind of like real estate agents at some time in someone's life, they're going to need to buy a house and they're going to refer, you know, if you need to, to find a home, you, you go to your buddy and you say, hey, who, who's the real estate agent to work with in this market? And I think that we do sit in a very, very nice position that folks are often referring our work and knocking on our door and asking if we can add value. And it's because of that very question, right? In the sense of we built our firm out to be that relationship focused and referral based, because candidly, there are a lot of people you can't convince to invest in leader development. And we want to talk to the folks that have the will and commitment to do so. If we sense that we actually have to make a case for why, it's probably not a client that's going to be a great fit for us. And I will say that was different. 20 years ago, we had to actually explain the value of leader development. Now there are more and more people in the market that understand the value. We do a lot of measuring of our solutions here. We are very focused on driving business results, not development just for development. Yet how do you connect to the results of the organization? And I love the title of your podcast, right? Holistic leader development. It is for the whole person. You can't just develop someone in the work lane. Leading better affects all facets of your life. And so our clients know that and want to provide that value to the team members that they have. One, because yes, they know it helps and supports elevating business results. And they feel a sense of commitment to their team members to improve their lives as well through leadership development. So I love the question and I totally understand what you're saying, right? And we have survived so many random cycles in the market by working with the leaders and the managers and the financial folks that have the will and commitment to invest in people development. Yeah, and that's, that's it, so we, it's a oh, differentiator, right? It's a differentiator. It's why we work with a lot of successful companies. Sometimes we're doing turnaround work, yet they are overall successful and know the value of people development to that turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about holistic leadership, I would love that you brought that up. And like, that's one of my core philosophy. That's, that's my biggest leadership nerd point is when I like you have to, when you're, when you're teaching people or when you're coaching people in leadership, you have to coach the whole person. It's, and for me, holistic leadership kind of has the four different pillars for me. It'd be like, it'd be mental health, make sure you're mentally healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy, and then spiritually healthy. If that's, if that's part of what your philosophy is all about. So I love that you brought that up and it's kind of, that it's a it's an undertone of the way the way I do my coaching and I and I, when I talk to people and it's uh, so that, that w what you brought up was was significant and not really something we learn in the Marine Corps is it Courtney? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it? Mission first. Yeah, mission first. Mission accomplishment. Mission accomplishment. True welfare. Accomplishment. Yep. True welfare. Yeah, but it's accomplishment. Um, accomplishment. Mission. True, true welfare. welfare. In the conversation. <laughs> yeah, true welfare is a little bit further down down the road. 
Um, Chris, and a question question for you. You had, you had you had mentioned this kind of in when 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 we were talking in the first question is you throughout your your history you've you've been in leadership positions for for quite a while, and as a young leader. Um, I want to just I'd tell you to talk a little bit about your early leadership and how being a leader at an early age shaped the way that you coach, shaped the way that you uh, handle clients and, and, and dive into different situations. Now, how has that experience made you who you are today? Yeah, so it's interesting. I found my way into leadership roles pretty early on in my career. I was probably 23 by the time I had my first significant role leading a team of 60 or so people, um, probably maybe a bit typical for the military, definitely not typical for where I was. Um, and so quite quite young in that regard. Um, I remember coming into that role. I'm a, a dominant personality, tend to be quite assertive, was then even more so. Um, and I came into that role showing up exactly as I was, probably a bit too holistically. <laughs> I, um, at least are we say, uh, that leadership's all about inspiring others and influencing outcomes. And um, when I look back on that experience, I'm really candid in sharing that I was heavy on outcomes, very light on inspiration, very light. Um, it was a turnaround situation. There was poor performance across the organization at the time. That's why, in part, I think I got put into the role. Um, and so a lot of Tough decisions had to be made, right? Transitioning people off or holding people accountable. Um, and I was the right person for that, probably too much the right person, right? It was all about the outcomes all the time. Um, and, you know, we moved the organization forward, but because I was so light on inspiration, I alienated a lot of people and I caused a lot of uh, consternation across my team. The climate or the culture suffered. Um, and so I look back at some of those early days that unfortunately continued on for many years throughout lots of leadership roles um, with, with some regret, but also some understanding that it's probably what makes me a better coach in supporting other leaders to recognize there are not great ways to do it too. Chris, and I'm curious, you know, when you, when you think about what you just shared, uh, which is also an aspect of vulnerability, and I think in many ways, uh, so many leaders struggle to admit those things. But what you, what I had just heard you say was how much you've learned through that experience about yourself. You know, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts. And I know Dr. Hearn is going to have thoughts on this. Um, as somebody who's just started, you know, his, his doctoral journeys in leadership, uh, I'm reminded how much I, and, and uh, for my professors, when they see this, they'll probably kind of take a seat back. But I'm reminded how much I despise so many of the early leadership theorists. Um, because what I see in how they approach leadership is, to your point, it's so much more on the outcomes focus and it's not on the people. And I have been criticized. Um, and for those that have criticized me, I hope you hear this, that I'm not as outcomes focused. I'm more too, I'm too people focused. And yet, um, to your point, so many times the people focused people actually have better outcomes if you go back and study it. In fact, I have worked for leaders that um, started with a people focus and had much better. In fact, best leader I ever had was a female CEO. And I tell people all the time, I would report to her over any other leader I've had in my career because she was people focused first and then outcome second. 
But even in the outcome, she would always ask, how did we get there together? I'm curious, dig a little deeper. When at that point, leading that large team, did you realize uh, from a holistic sense, I'm being a bit too heavy uh, on the outcomes? And, and in doing so, did you just realize that? Or was it a mentor or a coach or somebody who pulled you aside and said, this is not who you are? And, and the way you're leading doesn't really represent probably who you are. Yeah. So the first thing that I would share is that I don't think I ever realized it on that team. I led those people, that large number of departments across the organization, um, somewhat ineffectively the entire time I was responsible for it. And so I can't say that, you know, I, I could say I improved certainly, but I don't think I ever uh, flipped that equation in my mind, like you're sharing, Jeffrey, of saying people first before outcomes. To me, it was always outcomes first across that entire time. It wasn't until much later in my career um, where I was leading a different team in a larger role um, where it clicked. And I, it really wasn't that long ago. I mean, when I think about it, it was somewhat pandemic inspired and kind of tied just a bit before that. Um, and recognizing that that people first uh, mantra is really the way forward, right? It's the way to lead. But you asked about a mentor coming into my life, and I smile because the mentor was Courtney. Uh, we oh. met when I was very young. I was in that early leadership role. Uh, she has no responsibility for my poor behavior in that time. She was <laughs> coaching me well. I just probably wasn't listening as, uh, as well as I could have. Um, and so Courtney and I joke, we've known each other for well over a decade. She's been my coach um, for the vast majority of that time. And um, without doubt, she's played a, a, the most significant role of anyone in my life on helping me to understand that I needed to, to flip that equation. So when we talk about mentors, I mean, mentors in our lives and we talk in, in, in Kristen, what you're bringing up as far as the uh, is learning, it's almost like learning through failure. And I think failure is one of the biggest teachers, whether we fall flat on our face or whether we just kind of take a step back. Failure is one of the biggest teachers that we can ever, ever have. For me in the Marine Corps, I will, uh, we, in, in Afghanistan in 2010, one of, my, one of my really close friends was killed in an IED attack. And from that, I drove my Marines into the dirt. I wanted to know what happened, mission accomplishment. I needed to know what happened, why it happened, where it happened, who did it. I needed to know all those things. And I, about four days after the, uh, after the, the event happened, my CO uh, looked at me, my commanding officer looked at me and said, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? Look at your Marines, look at your, look at you. You, you guys, you need to take a step back and you need to grieve. All you guys knew, Jake was his name. All you guys knew Jake and you haven't processed that. So one of the lessons that I took from them, from that specifically, that's one of the biggest leadership failures I have ever had because I just destroyed them for four days. They didn't eat, they didn't sleep. We were just, we were just on, we were just on it. And it was terrible. I'm emotional thinking about the way that, about that. Um, but I think failure really in that moment helped me to, to, to lead well today. So Courtney, for you having similar experience, like a Marine Corps experience, and you know that mantra, you know, you know what, 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 what we were kind of taught on how to lead. What are some of the things that you have learned from the Marine Corps that you bring into your leadership world today? And what are some of the things that you would prefer that you prefer just to leave behind? 
So I love uh, all the twists and turns this conversation has taken, right? And I think it's fair for all of us. And I think listeners can relate to think about, we learn more lessons from the valley moments of our lives than from those very rare, rare mountaintop moments, right? And it's so fun and enjoyable and empowering to, to seek the mountaintop and to be on that quest for better and stronger. And also to stay really open to all that, our shortcomings, our missteps, and those really difficult times, right? Thinking of Jake and we can honor his memory by reflecting on the fact that it helped you grow and, and impact lives and, and be more valuable to the people that were still with you uh, the rest of that deployment. And so I think it's, it's important. I love that we're talking very candidly about the lessons learned during the missteps or the areas where we weren't most effective. And then I think what I look back on with my Marine Corps experience is just the, the pure focus on the fundamentals and the fact that you had constant laboratories to grow and implement and try to use them and to get better because it was there was so much chaos. And I don't mean that as a reflection on the core, just the mission of what we were assigned to do and sleep deprivation, exhaustion, losing people that we loved and cared about, and then having to show up and perform well for your team and to, to model that example uh, was the test of a lifetime. And I feel so grateful for it. And it's the, the fundamentals. I mean, one of the biggest lessons I took away was accountability. There is so little in life that we can control. And in fact, when we try to control, we become alienating, especially when it's about other people. Uh, we can control our own actions and our response to the action or inaction of others. And so seeking to take responsibility before you waste a minute on the blame bandwagon, because you know, Travis and I know that those minutes placing blame can mean harm or loss of life to other people. And the more we own things, the more we can get to bringing all minds to the table and figuring out what better is and being open around how we need to grow. And so accountability has stayed with me. I miss sometimes how a hundred or close to a hundred percent as it can be for a human. It was during my military time, but this mindset of never complain, never explain, just do uh, has, has stayed with me. And when I catch myself falling a bit into victim mode or getting a little wishy-washy, even my own self dialogue, I know that bringing more accountability to the forefront is what's needed. Mm. That's a really interesting element, right? Because in many ways, what I'm also, you know, hearing you refer to is sort of the, the idea that as leaders, we have a toolbox and we've got to go back to that resource at all times. And, you know, I'm curious, Courtney, as somebody who's done this work, um, and I also, you know, just want to call out, especially for our listeners, that this is a woman-owned uh, boutique firm, uh, which is really, really important um, because I think, uh, as people know, I get very bold on these things but but the reality of it is is i would argue in in corporate america and in all the experiences i've had uh, women executives are the ones that generally uh, get a lot of bad rap but are truly the ones who care care about others uh intentionally and actively in their work uh, and that's just been my personal experience in in my career but courtney i'm curious when you look at what drove you first for a burning desire to be a leader? And, and was there somebody uh, or was it something in the Marines that, that brought that out that, that made you say, I want to create this? It's interesting. I don't think I was someone that had a burning desire to be a leader. And I think I dropped into an organization 
that was all about needing to help you see how being a part of something bigger than yourself was the way to accelerate results, achieve success, and keep people safe, right? And so I think I didn't join the Marine Corps thinking, I am a leader and I must lead Marines around the globe. Uh, sign me up, right? I joined the Marine Corps thinking, hey, I want to go to law school and I can't afford it. And I like adventure and I like challenge. And I remember my officer selection officer, my recruiter saying to me, um, you're going to join the Marine Corps and you're going to be a leader. And it's going to, that journey of becoming a leader is going to change your life forever. And I was thinking, all right, dude, you got me. I've already signed the papers. Like, why are you telling me this stuff? Like, you don't need to sell me anymore. I don't know what that means, but I get the GI Bill, right? I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what was in store for me. And then I got into the core and I love it that we're talking about diversity, right? Out of about 180,000 Marines at any given time, 180,000 Marines, only about a thousand are female officers like I was. And so I was a significant minority in the organization. And I am so grateful for that experience because it taught me so much. And one of the main things it taught me was standards are standards. And if you can perform and you can meet and exceed standards and you can build credibility and you can build trust, people will follow you. You will have the privilege of being able to influence outcomes and inspire others. It's, it's not about title. It's not about power. It's not about authority. It's about how you show up. And that, that lesson, those lessons were lasting for me. And I know in my life, when going back to accountability, when there's an area where I'm not getting the results I want, I need to look in the mirror first. I need to make some changes. And then I need to look outward and serve and support the people on the teams or in my family that are working to accomplish the goals that are important. So it's like a way of life. Like I, I didn't have a burning desire yet once I was taught the path and I was taught the way, I couldn't get enough of really understanding this, it's almost like a language, right? What are the core behaviors that I can demonstrate to influence and inspire? And it was the effectiveness that captivated me. And it's interesting hearing Kristen tell her story because once she started to see and get awareness of the blind spots, right? Self-awareness is the accelerant. I get asked all the time, how can I be a better leader faster? Bring the self-awareness, see the blind spots. And once you do, and you start showing up in ways it's just the value of influencing outcomes and inspiring others just is so profound. You keep stepping in that direction. So once you start showing up as a leader and demonstrating those behaviors, the results keep you hooked. Yeah. And that's, that is one thing that I will agree that the, the, in the Marine Corps, it's such a crazy, just group of folks that with lots of character, lots of, lots of different things. And, and it's just, it's, 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 uh, but people can fall into the same leadership mantras over and over. You, they teach the same leadership mantras, so it's, it's it becomes very siloed, and it becomes very much this is what this is how we lead, this is how we're going to do it, this is what we do, um, and it becomes you know like we said, it becomes mission accomplishment, and then troop welfare is kind of somewhere down here. Um, but Kristen, I want to I want to throw this over to you and kind of I want to fast forward your story a little bit to where you are now. And I want to hear about how did you, when you, when you realized that shift, I mean, it was not at the time in, in your first position, how have you, what, well, one, how have you shifted towards balancing out that people versus outcome mindset and what challenges have you had to overcome in getting that done? Cause I think you and I are, I'm, I can get, I can, if, I, if I'm not careful, I can jump into the outcomes and just like drive towards outcomes. Like, like it's, like it's cool and forget about some of the people stuff. And I really have to pull myself like my people 
my pull my people thing, whatever that's called, my my people leadership skills out for my for my kit in order to 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 put them into play. So how does that work for you? How do you how are you able to to make sure that you're well balanced in that equation? Well, I'm I'm laughing and smiling because when you ask Courtney, how did she come into leadership earlier, right? Did she always know she wanted to be a leader? And she said largely no. Um, I think I would say the exact opposite. Mm. My mom found some crazy journal article that I wrote in third grade. And it it started kind of cool, not weird. And then towards the end, it said, I just want to be a mom because the mom controls everything. She's in charge of everything. The dad has to listen. The kids listen. And everybody knows she's the boss. And All it, true. Is, it All is, true is wild. Yeah. She, she saved it for me. power from an early age. Yeah, right? And that's, and that's what it was, right? It was control. It was power. It was these, these concepts that we now know really don't, don't lend towards inspiring others or influencing outcomes. Uh, and for me, I think I came into my leadership roles, especially early on, um, very much needing to control the things around me. I was a perfectionist, right? It mattered to me. I, I didn't want to be held accountable to outcomes that reflected poorly on me. And so in it all, I realized that it was often more about me than it was about anybody else. And I think through coaching, right, through some of the mentorship I received, um, I was able to see over time, number one, I had to start letting go of some of my control issues, controlling ways, right, obsession over controlling um, and perfectionism. And through that, then I was able to see the real people that were driving the outcomes. Uh, but, it, you know, you get to this idea of holistic leadership. And for me, my journey was all about addressing me in a holistic way before I could be effective at leading anybody else. And so that kind of self-leadership journey, that awareness that Courtney talked about, that's been a powerful narrative and arc in my journey and continues to be. Right. It, I'm I'm far from actualized, so there's much more to go. But I can say um, pretty confidently, I am no longer a control freak unless it's as mom. And then everybody listens still. <laughs> Jeffrey and <laughs> I both know that's true. So Yeah. <laughs> mom is a whole special name. Mom, mom's a different. I, I reserve my rights and nobody is going to be quitting my, my team. <laughs> my kids can't quit me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're stuck and I will continue to maintain my crazy. You know, so I have to say, Kristen, you know, I wasn't sure where, where Travis was taking it at first because he was talking about people and I was like, is he going to the purple people eater or something? I was like, I don't know where he's going here. But, but uh, you know, I read an article earlier that was also really interesting. And it was talking about the connection of emotional intelligence to purpose and meaning. And it, it made me think about um, this discussion, because I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts from the, from the vantage point of when, when you and Courtney do this work, there's many people who feel that emotional intelligence can drive so much of a leadership journey. But, but this article was arguing, if you know your purpose and you know your meaning, you'll actually have a better sense of emotional intelligence. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'll take the first uh, first approach, and then Kristen, I'd love to hear what you think. Um, I think it depends on what your purpose and sense of meaning are. And I think that we live in a culture today 
where instant gratification or self-focus is often glorified. And I love instant gratification and I love it <laughs> when I get this chance to just do everything that I really want to do, right? So those are very alluring things. Yet if our purpose, our sense of meaning in life is tied to those types of fact factors, um, it's going to be really hard to one, you're not going to be satisfied very often because as much as we glorify those aspects of our existence in this awesome modern world, it's still rare and far few and far between when everything's all about you and you instantly get what you want. Right. And so I think the key is how do we stay up for the journey and how does our sense of purpose and our sense of meaning interconnect to the value and contribution we're making to other people, the value and contribution we're making to the teams we're a part of, the value and contribution we're making as citizens. And so I think that it really depends on where is your North Star and how far beyond just you and your needs and wants is that North Star. And I think when we start to get into meaning and purpose that involves service and being of value to others, then yes, I think that if we're North Stars there, we might stumble, we might fall, that's human. Yet we'll, we'll get to places where we're influencing outcomes and inspiring others as well. Yeah, I would, I would personalize it again, just to my own story to kind of connect it all. Um, talking about service, right out of the gates, when I graduated from college, I joined um, AmeriCorps through Teach for America, right? And so I had a domestic service experience. And so my heart has always been in that space um, I've been in the nonprofit sector for a long time. My purpose has always been very service oriented and about people. Um, but I question if I had high emotional intelligence at the start of my journey, right? I don't, there had to be something lacking and I, you know, I'd have to really sit down and piece it apart to figure out what areas I was particularly low in. Um, but was I still effective? Yeah. In a lot of, in a lot of regards, I was, right? I I received a lot of acclaim in Teach for America. I went on to lead big teams. They all ended far better than where they started. I grew organizations. You know, even in all of those moments where I would question if my emotional intelligence was that high, I still was experiencing success. And so, I, you know, it's nuanced. I think that um, there are ways, if you stay focused on your why and your purpose, to still have those successes, but arguably would I have been a vastly better leader and had even more success had I developed some of those skills earlier on? I think there's no doubt. So, so yeah, we, what we've talked about today, I mean, some of the very, very highly, highly important things in leadership and we're coaching people is if, I mean, I think some of the tones are failures. Okay. You can learn from the valleys and the peaks as much, just as much as you can learn from anything else. And that, you know, it's, it's, it, leadership is tough. I think one, one thing that people don't really understand and realize is that leadership is, is a hard, it's a hard role. Uh, it's not for the weak. It's the, it's, it's something that, that, that you need to show up for and you really need to need to dive into and be, and you have to be able to measure the outcomes versus the people and, and be able to do that really, really well. Um, so as we're wrapping up, we've got time for one more thing. Well, what I want to do is I just want to, uh, for, for Courtney and Kristen, um, we'll start with, start with you, Courtney. Um, one, tell people a little bit about where to find you and how they can get involved with you. And same, same for Kristen and just where, where, where can people learn more about what you do and how you do it? That's great. Thanks for the opportunity to share. I think the best way to connect with me in the digital world is via LinkedIn. If you just Google Courtney Lynch or 
if you search, I guess you wouldn't technically be Googling inside LinkedIn, or you can Google and it'll bring you right to my page. Uh, Courtney Lynch, LinkedIn, um, you'll find me there using Leadstar. Or um, if you just Google Courtney Lynch, the power of the quit, it's an essay that I wrote that went viral on LinkedIn. And sometimes it's how folks find me best on that platform. So that's probably the best place to find me if you want to connect individually. And I am always up for connecting with folks that are interested in leadership. And then also our firm, Leadstar, our website is leadstar.us. So leadstar.us is where you can find us uh, out there in cyberspace too. Kristen, how about you? Yeah, I'll jump in and say the same thing. LinkedIn is fantastic. And it's Kristen with an I, K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Um, so I look forward to connecting to anybody who's interested. And last thing, I want to plug Leadstar as well, because what y'all are doing is is very, very important work, and it's very tough work. Um, if you could give us the kind of the mission statement of what Leadstar is and why people should reach out and, and connect with you guys uh, via Leadstar, what would that be? Go ahead, say it, Kristen. I know it's at the tip of your time. You want to say it together? One, <laughs> two, three. We coach teams. <laughs> we coach teams. <laughs> yeah, we, we do. We coach teams because we believe better leaders equal a better world. And for us, that's the driving force behind all of this. Leaders at all levels, real world leadership. Um, we bring people who've been there and who've done that um, to help coach and support teams to success. So. Yeah, and we focus on coaching teams because we focus on delivering results. And so that's a unique aspect of our firm. We often come in and coach a CEO and all of their direct reports at the same time, or that frontline manager and all their individual contributors. It's not about rank. It's about uh, folks wanting to invest in a team that's needed to deliver results for an organization. That's outstanding. Uh, Kristen and Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, I know Jeffrey and I are, I, I just, we learned, I learned, so I'm not going to speak for Jeffrey, but I know he will because he, he loves learning as well. I learned so much from y'all today and uh, I, I can't wait to continue the relationship and just, and continue to learn more. Um, so thank you. Uh, thanks and, for the great work that you two do, like having a show like this and giving folks practical guidance. It's just a privilege to be a part of it. Absolutely. Well, for those of the listening in the listening in the in the ethers, uh, thank you for signing in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking leadership seriously. That's why it, that's why people subscribe to this is because we take leadership seriously. We take holistically healthy leadership seriously. And uh, thank you all. And uh, we'll look. We'll see you next time.